This morning's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 13, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up into their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you very much, Jackie. Quite a few of you were at the Ash Wednesday service on Wednesday evening at the Readers United Methodist Church and heard me speak about the beginning of Lent, how this season is a season of preparation for Easter, and that uh, gave some ideas of some things we can do to help our bodies, minds, and souls to, to be prepared for Easter when it comes. And it was mentioned that evening that Lent is the 40 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter but not counting the Sundays. Yesterday I was visiting my mom and I mentioned that and she didn't remember that and I said, well, let's do the counting on the calendar and so we looked and if you go from 40 days from Ash Wednesday, you come to Palm Sunday almost or so right around there. So we don't count Sundays because every Sunday is like a mini Easter, if you will. And so the season of Lent is often a time of preparation and self-denial and when we think about Jesus' ministry, He, before he began to teach and preach and heal and do all the things that he did in his time on this earth, he spent 40 days and nights in the wilderness to prepare himself for his ministry. And so in your bulletin you have this image, uh, the, the temptation of Jesus. And he was there in the wilderness where he was hungry. He didn't eat for 40 days. We call that fasting, going without food for a while. And it's one of the things that we can do during Lent uh, in self-denial to prepare ourselves for Easter again. The devil knows when we're weak. And Jesus was hungry. In fact, the scriptures say he was famished. I guess you would be too if you had not eaten for 40 days. We go one meal and think it's terrible, right? (laughs) So Jesus is in the wilderness, not eating, and the devil finds an opportune time. Satan knows our weaknesses. Satan knows when to attack because he knows when we're weak. And when we're weak, we have a harder time standing up to and fighting the temptations that come our way 
just the same way that Jesus did. In these temptations, there were three during this time of Jesus' wilderness experience. You all know some of these stories about what Jackie just read, the three things that Satan tempted Jesus with. One, he was hungry, right? He was God's son, could do anything he wanted to do. So Satan says, okay, Jesus, you see these stones? Make them be bread so you can be fed. That had to be tempting. You know, he could have done that for sure. And so the devil tempts him to, well, go ahead, Jesus, turn these stones into bread, then you can eat something. Jesus quotes a scripture from Deuteronomy that man does not live by bread alone. Then the second temptation comes. And that is, they're up on top of the temple, this high spot, and the devil says, okay, throw yourself from this high spot because the scriptures say that the angels will come and save you. And maybe you land soft or whatever, but keep you from dying. So go ahead and do that, Jesus. Remember, he's weak, he's hungry, and the devil is tempting him again. And again, Jesus quotes scripture. Then the third one, he asked Jesus to obey him because he was given a lot of power the devil had, apparently, and could give Jesus whatever he wanted. Kind of like the Santa Claus. Whatever you want, Jesus, I'll give it to you. You want power, you want this, you want that. Just obey me and I'll give that to you. The third time, Jesus quotes scripture and is not given in to the temptation. I hesitated to put this slide up there because I don't like the fact that most times when we read about or hear about temptation, a lot of people put an apple there. Now, I like apples. There's nothing like a red delicious or a gala apple on a hot summer day, you know. But back in the story of Genesis, when Adam and Eve were tempted and were told not to eat the forbidden fruit of the tree of good knowledge, it never once says it was an apple. I think it was a green bean. That's my thinking, but that's just me. So whenever we see this apple and temptation related to it, I kind of have a little bit of a squirm inside me because I don't think it was an apple. We don't know what it was. But the idea here in this slide is, is very true, that we all fight temptation. I'll be honest, there are some Sundays I wake up in the morning and think, I got to preach today, Barb? Or today, we got to lose a sleep an hour of sleep and we have to still go to church today, right? So we're tempted all kinds of ways. We're tempted to not do things, to do things, and, and it can come at all different angles. And the devil, just like with Jesus, knows us and our weaknesses very well. We can get tripped up very easy because when we're weak, we're not strong. And we're not able to stand up to the wiles of the devil. So be paying particular attention when you feel weak. That's when we can fall into temptation of all kinds. My dad once told me, I was in the hospital, and I didn't want to have to go through some things, these things I had to go through, and 
My dad said, Bob, God never gives you more than you can handle. And he said, the Bible says that. If I remember correctly, I looked at my dad and said, well, then I guess God doesn't know me very well. I was in fourth grade, I think, at the time. And what my dad was referring to is this passage in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that you see up here. No temptation has ever overtaken you except such is common to all people. So that we all have these common temptations, right? We think, woe is me. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Yeah, they do. We all have trouble, right? It might not be the exact same thing. Don't you hate it when somebody comes to you when you're having trouble or grieving or whatever and say, I know exactly how you feel, Rick. No, they don't know exactly how you feel, but they have an inkling. No temptation has overtaken you except that is common to all people. But God is faithful. Do you believe that? God is faithful all the time. God will not allow you to be tempted, be tempted beyond your strength, beyond what you are able. God does know us. And God does know our weaknesses. And God will not allow us to be tempted beyond our strength. But with the temptation, we'll also make the way of escape, the way out, that you may be able to bear it. My dad paraphrased that and said, God never gives you more than you can handle. This passage in 1 Corinthians that Paul wrote deals directly with temptation, the same kinds of temptations that Jesus dealt with in the wilderness. And the same kind of temptations that we all deal with every single day of our lives. Most days we have a lot of choices to make. Some days we get it right, some days we get it all wrong. We have to be ready to face the tests and the temptations in our life. And the Lenten season is a really good time for us to really start thinking about how we're measuring up with the temptations that come into our lives. Are we winning the battles or are we losing them? My last thought kind of connects back to last week a little bit, but this, this slide also was one I thought, you know what, I'm not sure I believe this all the time, that Scripture always helps us in everything. But if you look at the temptation of Jesus, not only did he answer the devil with three Scripture references, but twice in the temptations, Satan himself uses Scripture or alludes to Scripture to tempt Jesus. And what that tells me is this thing that we call the Bible can be used for good and it can also be used for bad. It's sort of like statistics, numbers. A good statistician can use numbers to say whatever he or she really wants to say. We can shape numbers to buff our argument or support our theories. And a person on the opposite side of our thinking can do the exact same thing. And don't you love it when we get into arguments and we find ways to prove what I'm saying? 
but you find ways to prove what you're saying too, and they're both right. The problem with Scripture is that we have to be careful how we use it because we know that even Satan can use these words against Jesus and against us. How we understand this word of God and how we interpret the Scripture is really not just important, but it's paramount. I am a person of the Bible. I believe that the Bible speaks to us in ways that nothing else can do. No other book of history, no other book of philosophy, no other book of religion, no other book of anything can tell us what we hear in this word. But there's a caveat and a danger to it as well. Back in seminary, just to point this point out, we were students who wanted to learn the Bible. I knew that I had to learn this book because we were all, as students, required to pass a Bible content exam. And if we did not pass that exam in our three-year history in school, we would not graduate. And when I passed the test, I was overjoyed because the first time I took the test, I had 38%. Now, when you take a test that you have to have 75% right on, and you get 38%, do you do what I think and what I do is panic? <laughs> I'll never graduate from this school, and I'll never know this word of good enough to pass that test. So we students would talk about the Bible and talk about our classes, and we'd get into pretty heavy, heated discussions in the evening. I was the only... Uh, non-Presbyterian on my floor in the dormitory, and my friends and colleagues kept reminding me that I was the only heretic on the floor. So we would have these long discussions the way into the wee hours of the morning about classes and discussions and lectures and Bible, and every once in a while, during that discussion, somebody would go, look out, and duck, indicating that somebody took a verse of Scripture out of context and threw a Bible bullet at us. We talked about Bible bullets all the time. There are verses of Scripture that say one thing, and then another verse of Scripture that says the exact opposite thing. And there are things that the Bible says that are contextual, that were very meaningful in the time they were written, and in the place they were written, that we cannot take literally. Because our day is different than that day. There are some that we do take literally. And the joy to me is the discussion we can have, hopefully not having to always agree on many of it, but that we can talk about what is this word for us today knowing that Scripture helps us to deal the same way it helped Jesus to deal with temptation in our life. But beware that we can't take it out of context. Even the devil can use these words. So we have to handle the Word of God carefully, knowing it can help us to know what the Word is, but being careful not to overdo it or underdo it, be aware what God is telling us in our day today and how these old, old, ancient words still speak to us 
in our modern time. The season of Lent is, in my mind, the best season of the year for us to get our noses into the Bible. Do any of you do devotions? There's different ways to do this. Um, we have our daily bread, the upper room in our denomination, um, some other helps. Uh, my mom's pastor in, his, in my hometown church wrote up a 40-day uh, Latin devotional that every day of these 40 days looks at scripture, a verse of scripture or two, and then speaks about that scripture and has us learn a little bit of something about those words. And the Lenten season is a great time for us to put our noses into the Bible. Here's something to try. If you don't currently do devotions, just walk through a piece of scripture for these 40 days. Don't worry if you didn't start on last Wednesday. It doesn't matter. You can start today or tomorrow, whatever's convenient for you. But one idea is to walk through a psalm. Some psalms aren't that many verses. Um, some are real long. But find one as a, you know, one you want to work with. And just read one verse a day. Just read that verse. And then think about, what do those words mean to me in 2019? And how can I live out those words? Or how are those words different then than they are now. Because when we think about Scripture, it is God's Word to each of us. It's like a parent writing a note to their child, saying how much we're loved, to be careful of temptation, to watch our step, and to prepare us, not just for our lives, but for our resurrected lives in Easter. So I encourage you as your pastor to spend some time this Lenten season in the Word of God. Read some of it. Memorize some verses that are special to you. But be careful, because we can misuse the Word too. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for helping us in our temptations that we face. Just like Jesus, there are times when we are weak physically, when we are weak mentally. Sometimes life seems to come at all different angles at us, God, and there are times when things come and bad things, threes and fours and fives, and we need your help. We need your help, God, to help us to stand up to the temptations of our day, Help us, God, to spend more time in your word to truly understand what you want us to know and what you want us to believe. And we pray all this in your name. Amen.